Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions is having five auctions, five different auctions, with over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Good morning. How are you? Top of the morning, my friend. Did you enjoy staying up late last night? I did. I, I was fine with it. I, You know, when you've got a game that's compelling and a matchup like the, like the Warriors and the Nuggets, which is very much potentially a playoff type of thing where they might see each other semifinals in the West, Western finals, something like that. I think you pay attention. No Draymond Green, no Jamal Murray, but just enough meat on the bone early in the season between two teams that you have a lot of faith that'll be there. So, yeah, I mean, entertaining game, interesting game, an awful lot put on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic, uh, who, of course, delivered, although, interestingly, could have put the game out of reach, missed a couple of free throws at a time that, Ended up giving Golden State a little bit of hope, uh, but it was a uh, it was an interesting game and a good one for the Nuggets to win, getting virtually no help and I mean zero help off the bench. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Well, the matchup was compelling. Yes. Okay. Yes. With that. The game was more like a finger painting than a Picasso. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets playing their seventh time in 11 days. Yeah. The Warriors playing their fourth road game in six days. And just those two stats alone could have potentially predicted how this game would unfold. And that's exactly how it unfolded. Early on, Nuggets come out. They look like they're going to run the Warriors out of the gym and out of town. And then here comes the second team. Yeah. And the one area where I think that Jamal Murray is going to be missed the most, it's not in the starting lineup. Oh, it, no. It's playing with second that second unit, team. No question. It's playing with that second unit because they had a bunch of guys out there. And, I mean, everybody knows their names. But it honestly looked like a Las Vegas league lineup where you had Gillespie and you had Strother. You had um, Brown and Peyton Watson. I mean, a bunch of guys who Nuggets fans know who they are, but you're thinking, who's going to take the shot here? What what are they What are they going to do offensively? And just like that, you had the Warriors coming back into the game with, and this is one of the biggest advantages that the the Warriors certainly had in last night's game. All those names that I just rattled off, you had Chris Paul on the floor. Yeah. For the Warriors. Sure. And then a little mm-hmm. bit later on, you had Chris Paul and Clay Thompson on the floor. And you're thinking, how are these guys even going to find a way? Forget about building a lead. How are they going to find a way to even survive? And it became a game moving forward from there. Real quick, uh, Jamal Murray looks like he's going to miss the rest of the month. No problem. They will need to find a way. Yeah. 
to get that second team cooking without Jamal Murray. We know they're going to be better with Jamal Murray, but last night to me was almost a growing pains type of game Mm -hmm. in which they didn't play well. Jokic could have had a lot more assists if guys were hitting shots. He had one assist in the first half. Yeah, that's it. And you're you're thinking, how is that even possible? Because guys kept missing shots. Of course, his uh, one assist late on Reggie Jackson going down the middle was just absolutely incredible and so Jokic-esque. Remember, Reggie Jackson is playing with first team right now. When Jamal comes back, he will be an element on that second unit, which I think will help. Um, Say what you want. Reggie Jackson's given them really good minutes. Really good minutes. Yeah, he scored 20 last Yeah, but I mean, but, but smart minutes. The 20 is nice, but you know what's better? Six assists and no turnovers. Right. Six and zero. Right. In fact, you know, it's interesting that you talk about this game and the fact that it was more a finger painting than a Picasso, and you're absolutely right. But do you know that between these two teams, two tired basketball teams that have played a ton of hoops in a very short amount of time, there are only 15 turnovers in the game. Nine by the by the Warriors and six by the Nuggets. That's one of the most remarkable stats for me of the game. Yeah. Six turnovers. That's all they turned it over. Yeah, but they kept missing shots too. Yeah, and, neither, and that, but, neither, is, but neither team shot the ball well. Why? But it wasn't because of suffocating defense. No, they're just, teams. Both guy, both teams. Legs are were, tired, and, that, and that's my point. Yeah, good. And that's my point. It wasn't aesthetically pleasing. It's not. It wasn't a game where you'd say, "Man, these are the last two NBA champs." No, it was the survival of the fittest. It was, and both teams looked kind of worn out. Yeah, but the difference is, is that the Nuggets have Jokic, and yes, the Golden State Warriors have Curry, but the Nuggets also have KCP. Yeah, and he did a bang up job, just trailing and chasing around Steph Curry, who. Really didn't look for his shot that much, Mm-mm. but even when he found his shot, he missed. Yeah, until he made that off-balance shot that got him within one. I, 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 he's just a remarkable player, and that's stating the obvious, but Correct. he's he's another one of those guys like Jokic where you watch him, and it seems like nothing that you see from him should ever surprise you. And you're right, he, he was, what, 6 of 17, he's 6 of 13 from 3. But when they had to have it late, now that they, they didn't win the game, but they had to have a shot from him late, he had an off-balance shot that got him within uh, that got him within one possession. And it's, I mean, it's just so typically Stephon Curry. If, uh, you, if you had your choice, and right now Steph Curry, I would not suggest is in his prime. No. So take Steph Curry in his prime and take Jokic right now. Which player would you rather have? Jokic. I would take Jokic too. And it's and it, and 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 that's not a knock on Steph Curry. No. Steph Curry is a 6 foot 2 inch guard. And yes, but he's also the greatest shooter, pure shooter probably that's ever played the Absolutely. Game. But Jokic does so much. So atypically for a quote unquote five, you can you can you can list them as a center, and I would get it, 
but he plays point center. He can now he didn't shoot the ball well from outside last night, no. just one of eight. But he was one for eight on threes with three turnovers. Yeah. But that's five is very that's a very very atypical game for him. But you that know might, that might be I mean, think about this for a second. He was one of eight from three, yet he scored thirty five points in thirty seven minutes. Yeah. And he was fourteen to twenty five from the floor well, right. overall. And he still scored thirty five. By the way, here's another stat that was bad for the Nuggets. They shot less than seventy percent from the free throw line. Yes, it did hurt them. It, it was just, it wasn't an interest. It was an interesting game to watch. It just wasn't very good basketball from either side. Here's another thing that people don't ever talk but about. They won. I do, but a lot of people don't, and that's okay. Because you're so fat, everyone's so fascinated with the passing, the shooting, bringing the ball up, all the things that Jokic does. Three steals and a block last night. Yeah. I, I, the, and I, and he was only plus three, but that dude had wide shoulders last night. That yeah. was a that was a night where he knew, period, that he just had to carry the freight, and he did it. Right. It was and and it. And it ends up being, it's, you're right. It's not a game that you will remember for its artistry, but it's a, it's a game that you'll remember for gutting it out, toughing it out, finding a way to win, depending on your guy and getting a win that you never know how it might help you later in the season. The Nuggets are playing for home court advantage. They're going to be in the playoffs. That, that, that's not an issue. The Nuggets are playing for home court advantage. It's a it's a fairly continual early season theme from guys when you talk to them. We're, we're playing for the home court. That was a nice win in terms of playing for the home court, even in the month of November. And Michael Porter, while not dazzling numbers, he's, got, a, got off to a great he's start. He's all right, though, Eric. He's okay, isn't he? He got off to a he's really okay. good start, yep. slowed down a little bit yep. after that. But honestly, watching... Him be far more active, hitting shots early, hit th- hit three three pointers. You know, took eight shots, but early on, he was early on in that game. He was the Nuggets' best player on the floor, and I'm including Jokic. Early on, if he continues to build on what he is doing, the Nuggets, I think, are an unstoppable team, barring injury. Yeah, can be, be- because of. You know what you're always getting from from Jokic. You're going to make the assumption you're going to get playoff Murray, and then you have MPJ doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you guard this team? It's a very difficult. How question. do you guard those three guys? Yeah. You can't. You hope that they miss shots, which last night they did. But Michael Porter Jr.'s most impressive stat for me last night was 37, as in minutes played. Yeah. Which was tops on the team along with Jokic. Because that is a reflection of trust, A, also because nobody on the bench was rising to the occasion. But more than that, because Michael Porter Jr. is doing things to help this basketball team win. Right. And that's all you ask. That's what you ask for from this guy. Coming up after the break, A.J. Brown said Pat Sertan is the best cornerback in the NFL. There's only one slight problem with that analysis. And you can make the case it's a major problem. 
Like, AJ, how can you even say this? And you're probably thinking, Eric, why are you dogging Sertan? I'm not dogging Sertan. I'm dogging the messenger. That's next. It just takes some time. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us smileysports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions is having five auctions with over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend and my attorney, Dan McKenzie at the McKenzie Law Firm. Uh, Mandy and I got together with him, and we thought we were going to do a will. He said to us, a will is good. You might want to consider a trust. And that's what we did. And after my mother passed away, I realized I connected the dots why a trust is so much better than a will. Doing nothing, you are absolutely screwing your family. You know, as parents, we do everything that we can to take care of our kids while we are here. But what are you doing for your family if, God forbid, something happens tomorrow? If you don't meet with Dan McKenzie, and I'm not trying to scare you, if you don't meet with Dan McKenzie or do something, if God forbid something happens, you are really putting your family in a major bind. At the very least, go talk to him and see what your options are because believe me, there are a lot of different things that you need to do. Even if you are single, you should go talk to him because still, you probably have some sort of assets People need to take care of your affairs if, God forbid, you're not here. It's not like you pass away and the government says, hey, no problem. This stuff has to be taken care of. Talk to Dan McKenzie at the McKenzie Law Firm. Go to 833-CO-PLANS. Call 833-CO-PLANS or go to coplans.co. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Bounce Empire in Lafayette, a 50,000-square-foot indoor amusement park for adults, kids, and families reimagined. A.J. Brown, along with Tyreek Hill, but we'll start it off with A.J. Brown, is having one of the most dominant seasons in NFL history for a wide receiver. He was recently asked about who is the best cornerback in the league. He said Pat Sertan. And then he went on to say, I don't even know who's second best. Wow. That's the more interesting part for me of the statement. Right. Uh, I mean, Sauce Gardner is, in his second year, seems to be kind of the the generally regarded pinup boy for cornerbacks. Plays, plays in New York. Plays in New York, which is a huge help, as we know. Um, but man in the grassroots, Pat Sertan gets a lot of love. It's particularly interesting, though, in this case, from A.J. Brown. 
He's never played against. Him. Never. I mean, I've talked to enough general managers mm-hmm. and scouts to know where they have said to me, the only way to truly evaluate a player is to actually see them in person. Sure. Now, if A.J. Brown has been on the sideline for a game watching Pat Sertan, that's one thing. But generally speaking, A.J. Brown is playing. I'm trying to think of why A.J. Brown would have known. I mean, how much film has A.J. Brown watched on Pat Sertan? The only way I can see A.J. Brown watching Pat Sertan was last year when they were on national television so many times. Yeah. Because A.J. Brown is playing basically when Pat Sertan is playing. So with that, can you really truly evaluate a guy not seeing him in person if you are an NFL guy? Because let's face it, you see the game differently. Because when you watch the game on television, the only time you're really going to see a cornerback is on a replay. Because usually if a cornerback is covering a wide receiver, they're out of frame. Yeah, unless he's watching coach cuts, but I I don't think that he... I don't know. There's no reason to. I mean, here's what I would say. I don't feel like A.J. Brown would just fire from the hip without some reason, without some understanding, without some level of respect that has been earned. I don't think he would just anoint. That's my guess, but but I don't know. Pat Sertan has just built that reputation. He has, and rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Think about the difference that Pat Sertan can make for this Broncos team now that defensively they are gap assignment sound, they are gap protective, they are doing the things that they need to be doing in order to be a sound defense. Okay. So let's give them credit over the last three weeks that have kind of wiped away the 70 spot. Because I think that I think that even the biggest skeptic right now would probably give the Broncos defense the benefit of the would probably give them the benefit of the doubt based on what they've done the last three, four weeks. Okay. Now with that, if Pat Sertan goes into Buffalo and shuts down Stephon Diggs. And the Bills are a football team that don't run the ball. No. Would you like me to tell you how little they ran the ball in the last game? They ran 55 plays, Mm -hmm. and their running backs ran the ball eight times. That would be eight. Josh Allen, by the way, ran the ball eight times himself. Yeah. But Josh Allen had double the yards that the running backs had. I mean, are the Bills going to beat them with Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis is a pretty good wide receiver. You want to know how many... Catches he had last week. You, you, so you're going to cherry pick one game? He was great the week before, but last week, well, the one zero. Talk, no, no, I understand that. Zero. But you're, you're cherry picking one game, but I'm glad you brought up the game before. Mm-hmm. So Gabe Davis is a pretty good wide receiver. He is. He, he just wasn't even part of the game plan. They, they, they decided to use other guys. Decided to use other guys? Hey, listen. Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not the guy designing the game plan. I mean... If he has two touchdowns and seven receptions the week before, you why think, in the hell aren't you going back to him in the next week? That's on Ken Dorsey. Yes. That's on that's on the offensive coordinator. Right. Who used to be the quarterback's coach. Let's get back to Sertan sure. really quickly. Sertan is a shutdown corner. Yep. Lockdown I'm not, I'm, guy. I'm not suggesting it is Sertan Island like it was Revis Island. But having a shutdown corner like him, 
Is it more of a luxury or is it a necessity? This is why I bring this up. Champ Bailey won a single playoff game before Peyton Manning arrived. Right. Darrell Revis, how many Super Bowls did he go to? Mm -mm. So you see a lot of great cornerbacks recently who don't necessarily get their team to the Super Bowl. So is it more of a luxury to have a guy like Sertan or a necessity? If you had to look at your defense and say, I'd rather have Sertan over a position like this. You you pose that in an interesting fashion because a lot of it depends on what you have offensively and 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 what you're like the rest of the way defensively too. I don't know. I, I think I don't know about necessity, but I think that you are so much further ahead if you start your first building block is no. defensively would you a shutdown corner. You would start your defense? No, I, I'm not saying oh, okay. that. I'm okay. saying... You said... I, I, you said build- no, I said... Here's what I said. I said that your defense starts so far ahead when you have a shutdown corner. It's not the only thing. You have to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to deal with the run at any level, and certainly not in the you, NFL. Well, if you're playing the Bills, you know. Well... You're playing the Chiefs. You it know. makes you think a little. Yeah, the it, Chiefs have a much better running game than the you, Bills. If you're playing the Chargers, you don't. They don't run the ball. Well, I mean, the, the Chiefs sometimes no, but, but, run the but ball. They, but but they use Eckler in a short passing game that approximates more of a running game. Right. I, so that's a little bit different. I think it's an intriguing matchup because of the lack of a running game for Buffalo. Right. Um, and I think it's intriguing because if you. If you believe that they're going to be like that, they're not going to run the football, it's not going to be a point of emphasis for them, then the Broncos are already ahead of the game if you believe Sertan can can slow down Stephon Diggs. Is Sertan already in the conversation? Not there yet, but in the conversation of this. If I had to put together a Mount Rushmore of Broncos defensive players, I know people are going to say Louis Wright. I know people will bring up Dennis Smith. But at the end of the day, you have four defensive players who are either going to be or are in the Hall of Fame. Okay. So we're going to start with them. All due respect to our friend, Carl Mecklenburg. Von Miller will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yes. Champ Bailey was a first ballot yes. Hall of Famer. Steve Atwater is in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Randy Gratishar is going into the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry, but I'm starting with those four guys. Well, why would, why, who else would you start that, with? Some people would say Louis Wright should be oh, in the Hall gotcha. of Fame. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Dennis yeah. Smith should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, if you start comparing of, them to those four, the four that you got are the, are the you, cream. You got to take the guys who yeah. are all going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. With that, who does Sertan knock off? Who? What face gets re-chiseled on that Mount Rushmore if Sertan is eventually going to do it? And do, A, do you think he will? Yes. Okay. Who goes? That made, now, now, all of a sudden, now I got to come up. I, I, who, who I goes don't first? know. That's a great question because I don't know. I'll, okay, then I'll say it. And I'm not going to pick out one guy. I think Sertan can take out Champ Atwater and Gratishar. Hmm. He can take out all three. 
Vaughn, no. 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 Because of the position that he plays. Yeah. And what he did in the Super Bowl. What he did in the biggest games. To me, the best part of covering the Broncos in the last eight years has been Pat Sertan. Mm -hmm. Period. And in fact, there's nothing really close to it. And the best part, and you were in Wichita, the best part of covering the Broncos when I got here, starting in 2004, Mm -hmm. through the Shanahan era, and then through the McDaniels era, until Peyton Manning got here, was Champ Bailey. And and I believe it. And remember, those teams did have John Lynch. They had Al Wilson. Mm -hmm. They had some really talented guys on defense. But Champ and Sertan are very similar guys to me on so many levels. They don't talk a lot, but they're always sitting at their locker. They're always willing to talk. They're not going to push you away and say, I don't have time. Got to go get treatment. Every single Wednesday on a normal week, Pat Sertan is always just sitting in his locker. Oh, yeah. And he's in the same room with all the guys who are essentially backups, generally speaking. Granted, Jonathan Cooper comes in and out. Browning comes in and out. But Sertan is, you know that when Sean Payton starts talking, nine out of ten times you walk in that locker room, and right when you do, when you look straight ahead, there is Sertan (laughs) sitting at his locker. And and it's kind of a... Ah, uh, moment. There's, there's not like a glow in the, in the, in his, in his locker, but it, the, the effect is basically the same. People, you get that camera shot of me spilling coffee all over myself. Well, by the way. that's okay. Yeah. You know, uh, need a bib. I, I, people will ask me about because I'm a, I'm a practice guy, and, and I'm an in the weeds guy. And, and I admit, and I really don't make many apologies for it because I do like the process and you don't always get eyes on the process, but every now and then you see things when you're there on a day to day basis that really make you appreciative of the opportunity to do it. <clears throat> Watching Pat Sertan from day one, and, and I'm not even, I don't want to overstate this or make it sound like it's like ridiculous, but from the very first day watching Pat Sertan practice football, you knew he was going to be extremely good, potentially great, and maybe elite. And he's there already in three years. Here's the thing. And then we got to hit a break. Most of these guys have been around football their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So when I say, Watching Pat Sertan day one, he looked like a guy who'd been around football his entire life. You're darn right he had. Okay. But so over the other guys. The difference is Pat Sertan had been around football his entire life because of his dad as well. Talk about a pretty good guy to pick somebody's He grew up in a locker room. Right. You could just tell he had a level of maturity, a skill level, a want to day one. You could tell that with Justin Simmons, too. Yes, you can. However, for Justin Simmons, it took time. For Pat Sertan, it happened immediately. Coming up after the break, I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase whataboutism, but whataboutism is going on right now with Michigan and the Big Ten. And they're saying, hey, I know what you think we did. 
what about all these other teams and we have empirical evidence to prove it? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylightsports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions is having five different auctions with over 3,000 items to bid on, like electronic bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending, presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Michigan is under fire, and now they're firing back at the investigation uh, that they are currently under, which alleges that uh, they had a member of their staff stealing signs of their opponents. Uh, So much, in fact, apparently this happened 30 different times where somebody on the staff was buying tickets to games and then even finding ways to get on the sidelines. With that, Michigan reported evidence. I know what we may have done, but look what they did reported evidence to the Big Ten accusing Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue of sharing information about the Wolverines' signs in advance of uh, last season's Big Ten championship game. Part of the letter says the conference should act cautiously when setting a precedent given the reality that in-person scouting, collusion among opponents, and other questionable practices may well be far more prevalent than believed. For what Michigan is accused of, and then we're looking at three schools possibly being in cahoots. <laughs> Are they really the same thing? So silly. The whole thing is just ridiculous. For God's sakes, get your people under control. And you know what? It's on the it's on the conference. If the conference has a, if there's a rule that says there is no in-person scouting, which there is, then enforce it and enforce it for everyone. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of what the Patriots did. And I'm not calling out a team saying they're doing what the Patriots did, but I'm sure there are teams that are kind of doing it. They just got caught. Sure. They just got caught. And oh, That's by right. the and oh, by the way, this whole collusion thing between three Big Ten schools. Yeah. Um it's it's a small enough world where there's a chance you might know somebody else on somebody else's coaching staff. Yeah. You're gonna talk about that stuff. Especially if that person is a friend of yours and you want to help your friend win a game. And here's another thing. If the change your signs. 
change your signs. Yeah. You, you know, change them up every week. And if it's really hard to do that, that's on you. Don't make it such a hard thing to do. Simplify. I, I don't care. If you're really that concerned about guys knowing your signals, change your signals. Change the, give me a different color of hat on the sideline that I get my stuff from. I, it, right. it, it, the whole thing to me is like, it's interesting because Michigan, because Michigan's in the midst of it and that's where it started. Harbaugh, the whole nine yards, but I'm with you. It, it, let's not, let's not act like everybody's not looking for an advantage. This has the kind of feel of, eh, it's just a little, you know, it's just a little, you just take a little crossways jump here. With, with you know? that, with that, this is the second investigation for Harbaugh. No one would ever claim he's an easy guy to work with. No one would claim he's a pretty likable guy. With that, do the Broncos, I don't want to say make the right choice not hiring Harbaugh. Harbaugh said he wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. But with that, now as more and more stuff is coming out, sometimes the best things that never happen are the best things that happen, <laughs> right. even though they're out of your control. Sometimes the best trades are the ones that never happen. Are you kind of glad that Harbaugh's not here? I guess in light of this, but it's not like this is stunning when you think about Jim Harbaugh. He's been involved with crap really pretty much from the from Jump Street, right? Yeah. Um, the difference between Harbaugh and someone else is that he has had success at the NFL level. There was a a tangible reason why this guy would be a logical choice to run your football team. But no, it now in the aftermath of all of this, and I was never really all in on Jim Harbaugh anyway. So to me, it's like, eh, okay, see, this would be a nice thing to avoid. I'll tell you something interesting. If for some reason the big 10 or the NCAA comes down on Harbaugh and they do it at the end of the season, let's call it a five game suspension sake of argument if he goes to another team and i'm talking about in the nfl he's serving that suspension in the nfl Mm. there is a rule really now i didn't know that. i'll read it to you all right it's called uh bylaw 11.1 excuse me 11.2.1.1 it was changed in january a lot of dots there yes previously this the uh rule stated a head coach is quote presumed to be held responsible for the actions of all institutional staff members. It was changed to read a head coach shall be held responsible for their actions and the actions of all institutional staff members. The reason why I bring this up is remember when Ohio state head coach, Jim Trestle was suspended for five sure. games during the whole memorabilia for cash and cash. Yeah, sure yeah. So five game suspension. Pretty stiff. Yeah. Well, Trestle didn't go back to college, didn't stay in college. He went to the Colts as a consultant. And the NFL honored the five-game suspension for Trestle. So he could not join the Colts until that NCAA suspension was over. Yeah. So if for some reason something comes down on Jim Harbaugh and he's now the new head coach of, I don't know, the Chicago Bears, which makes a lot of sense. Sure it does. Jim Harbaugh is not coaching the first five games, at least if they're going to be consistent with what happened with Jim Trussell. And, oh, by the way, I would have been curious to see if 
he did come to the Broncos. What did what did Harbaugh get? A one or two game suspension? Start mm-hmm. this season? Yeah, right. He wouldn't have coached the first two games. Yeah. Huh. I'll be, three games. Three games. He wow. would he would not have coached the first three games That's interesting. with the Broncos. Mm. Just a little fun fact. Well, Broncos couldn't have been any worse in the first three games. So it's a good point. Yeah. What do we have coming up on Justification Mr. Ross Colton has been fined for his actions in the Avs win over the Devils on Tuesday. And this former Rockies manager is getting back into coaching, but will it be with the Rockies? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions having five auctions with over 3,000 items, including Electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Alrighty, just in case you missed it, Ab Center Ross Colton had a, had an eventful night against the Devils on Tuesday, scoring a goal, then picking up a couple penalties, and then getting a game misconduct. Uh, Colton was fined five thousand for his cross check to the face of Timo Meyer. The five thousand is the maximum allowable under the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, Colton said he spoke to Jared Bednar after the game and the next morning to apologize for the sequence of events. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ross Colton's five thousand dollar fine? I, you know, this is a team that is still searching for an identity. I don't think that's part of the identity that they want. Colton obviously understood the error of his ways immediately. It was one of those things that obviously happened, and then he wished he probably could have taken it back. At least there was recognition of it. I don't think that's what the Avs want to be about. Be tough, be physical be unyielding, all of those things. But, uh, you know, there's a reason that that's the, one of the highest fines that you can get for that kind of thing. That's a, that's a dangerous play. If you have a child that is deciding whether or not to play in the NFL or play in the NHL, I'd highly recommend you put together a PL. Okay? On the NFL side, you have a chance to make a lot more than a hockey player. 
However, on the L side, your contract is not guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So there's a real balance there, right? Okay. However, what might shift you potentially to playing in the NHL is this. Ross Colton got fined $5,000. Yeah. And Josie Jewell got fined over $14,000 for a celebration. You're going to make, you're going to keep more money in your pocket if you play in the NHL for even doing something egregious on the ice than you will in the NFL for celebrating something. Yeah, and that was like kind of a guns blazing. It was a finger kind of, guns, right? yeah, yeah, the finger gun blazing thing, which is just like so ridiculous. It barely even elicits comment. Right. Josie Jewell's not the type of guy you find. Good Lord, no. No. No fun league. Yeah. Well, it can be, and that's for sure. All right, just in case you missed it, uh, for the first time since 2019, Clint Hurdle is going back to coaching as Hurdle will serve as the new Angels manager, Ron Washington's bench coach. Mm. Hurdle has been serving as a special assistant to the general manager with the Rockies since December of 2021. Also on that Angels staff will be Chili Davis, Eric Young Sr., and Torrey Hunter. Uh, thoughts on Clint Hurdle as Angels bench coach? I'll, I'll start this off because I, I ran into Clint um, probably about a year or so mm -hmm. ago. And what he said to me was, I, I so enjoy not having to have to wear a uniform anymore. <laughs> right. Well, apparently the, the bug has bit him mm -hmm. and he wants to come back. And so good for him. Clint Hurdle's a good guy. He's got so much knowledge of baseball. He's going to help one of his friends, you know, so good on him. How intriguing is it to see Ron Washington back running a, a club again, too? I'm... I, I, that's a dude that I really kind of liked and and still, I think, still do. So I'm very intrigued by how this all plays out. And Eric Young, obviously, is a Rockies guy, too. So yeah. um, that that's an interesting staff all of a sudden in a place that, <laughs> frankly, needs some direction amongst other things. Well, and who knows how much longer you have Otani. Well, probably not. You're not going to have him probably next year. I, I think you'll be up the road in, in L.A. with the Dodgers. Right. Pretty diverse staff as well. Very diverse. Angels, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much. All righty. Just in case you missed it, Suns guard Bradley Beal made his NBA season debut in the Suns' 116-115 overtime win over the Chicago Bulls last night, scoring 13 points on 3 of 12 shooting from the field in 24 minutes. Uh, the Suns haven't been all that sharp to begin the year. Do you think Beal will give them a boost, or do you think it will be a struggle all year to get Durant, Booker, and Beal on, all on the floor at the same time? Well, I don't know about a struggle, but the key to their success is going to be developing that trio and making them work. Otherwise, the Suns, to me, will be an incomplete uh, team. Um, that's why you brought Bradley Beal in. He can't be three for 12 in 24 minutes and be a, a non-factor in a game like that last night. He needs to be one of the guys holding the torch uh, for the Suns. So that's incumbent upon that team and that franchise making that all work. That's why they're paying that kind of money for bringing a guy like Bradley Beal in. I'm not trying to simplify basketball, but for a lot of these guys who play and have played for a very long time, if you are an unselfish player and you enjoy playing team basketball mm -hmm. and finding the open guy to get the easiest shot possible, it's not that complicated of a game. 
when you have an ego as such where you need to be the star mm-hmm. and you need to get your shots and you need to fill up the box score, that could be a problem, especially if you are on a team with guys who are like-minded as you. Mm. Let's look at the Clippers right now. They're three and four. Yeah. That's their record with all of that talent. Yeah. They finally have James Harden. They've lost three games in a row. They lost to the Nets. They've lost to the Knicks. And they've lost to the Lakers. And the Lakers aren't very good. Do you think Bradley Beal views himself himself as a one, a two, or a three with KD and Booker? Well, he should be viewing himself as a three. Right. And what I'm saying is with Bradley Beal coming back, to answer your question, if he plays unselfish basketball... He should have no problems fitting in. Kevin Durant should get his shots. Booker should get his mm-hmm. shots. You are better when they do shoot No more, question. Okay? Bradley Beal is still a very good player. But now let's look at the Nuggets. The best player on the team is more of a willing passer, yet still scored 35 yesterday right. because he knew he needed to take over. When your best players are the least selfish, you have a better chance of winning. Larry Bird was not a selfish player. No. Magic Johnson was not a selfish player. Kobe Bryant was a selfish player. He was. Okay? Mm-hmm. However, he was so stinking good. That he could just raise the level of a team by what he was able to do but offensively we're, but and we're pu- defensively, really. But we're putting Kobe yeah. Bryant at the highest level. Kevin Durant is not Kobe Bryant. No, no. No. Neither is Beal. Ne- neither is Booker. No. You have Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. Th- those those are your top three probably within the last 50 years. And then you might want to put Magic Johnson and Bird in there sure. if you want to as well. The reason why the Nuggets are so good is because their best player plays team basketball. Right. I mean, would, would, it, would anyone ever say about the Nuggets, if you brought in a guy like Bradley Beal, you know, um, are you worried that Jokic is going to have to have his shots? The question, forget about being said, no one would even think it. No. Right. I mean, and but that's what we're saying about the Suns and the Clippers. And they got rid of Will Barton. You don't need a, a guy like Bradley Beal. And who Bones. Is, yeah. I mean, those are guys that just don't have spots on a right. team like this. Okay. That was a Mount High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, if you want to redesign your entire kitchen, you need something to fit your budget. This is the place to go. Don't forget about their Black Friday sale as well. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Nuggets, they didn't play a great game, yet they found a way to win again. How did they do it? One key guy made the difference in the game, and his name is not Nikola Jokic. That's next.